Ooh, yeah! Killer Pop from Outer Space presents War Games. Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Killer Pod from Outer Space. My name is Vinny, and for the first time ever, without my in-person handsome co-host, Jeffrey, he had some some last-minute shit come up, so he is out of commission. But on the High West Distilling Hotline is good brother Pete joining us. What's up? You Pete? guys want to see a dead body? <laughs> oh, I don't want that movie to come up. Ah. And we have our producer, Sean. What's up? Happy to be here. Good to see you guys. Yeah. This is uh, this is weird sitting in Jeff's spot trying to work these controls. I got computer screens. This is uh, this is messing me up. But. The show must go on. We will power through. What's everybody been up to? It's I feel like it's been a while since we recorded yeah, the whole group. It has been a little while. Uh, I've just been working, sweating, it, sweating my butt off in the, in the. Well, it's cooled off this week, but yeah, you had your, your first shit. blazing weekend. Yes, uh, muddy, hot, uh, but you know, every shift ends. And uh, here I am. Yeah. Sean, we had the uh, me, you, and Jeff went to the punk rock flea market in Trenton. That was pretty cool. I was gonna say that was a a good time getting out there with you guys and having some beers and checking out some vendors and shit. Yeah, we got some good stuff. Did you guys buy anything, you and Gia? Uh, Gia got a little bit of jewelry. I think she got a ring. Uh, we picked up coffee from the Catfight Roasters oh, yeah. over there. Coffee Catfight yeah. all the way. And enjoying that all week. Did you guys uh, wander around beautiful downtown Trenton? We did not. Other than we got a full... Well, Sean and Gia saved me and Steph and got us out of that horrendous line. But if we would have stayed in the line, we would have gotten like a three-block tour of Trenton. It was massive. Um, I was uh, definitely surprised by uh, how many people were there, how long that line was. Yeah. That's great. And the line looks like it stayed, like, even when we were leaving uh, later in the afternoon, it was still pretty hefty. Yeah, it was. We hit some uh, Vault Brewing Company in Yardley, PA. That was pretty solid. Good beers and good food. Mm -hmm. I used to have to go to uh, work events in Trenton every once in a while. Not, Not great. Not the best. Um, and that, I I, uh, I actually uh, one time took uh, one of the shadiest things I've done in my adult life. I'd say I I saw um, a Coheed show in Manhattan, but I had work the next day, and I took the train back and it and t- it took like a two o'clock in that in the morning Uber from Trenton. Oh boy, to my house. And like, and I actually had the driver. I was like, "This is this is good." Have her drop me off like in the middle of the neighborhood because I was 
felt weird about them knowing where I actually lived. <laughs> <laughs> and and so the whole time the driver who's like from Trenton was like, "Where the fuck are we?" <laughs> we ain't like, in yeah. the New Jersey, whatever city anymore. Of Trenton. Yeah, I mean it's it's only about a really trees, especially, especially when there's no traffic. It's only like a thirty minute drive, but. Um, yeah, I was yeah. shocked. Yardley was like 11 minutes. I don't even know when we crossed from New Jersey into Pennsylvania going to that brewing company. Probably on the highway. Did you take the highway? I don't know. Or... No, no, no. We drove... Uh... No, we didn't We didn't take 95. It was one of the... It was like a nice, a nice little road along the river. But there was, was no... The uh, Washington Crossing Bridge. It's a really small bridge. It was the next one closer to Trenton, I think. Oh, okay. Uh, what the hell's that town? Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's a, also a really small bridge. Morristown? Like the Morristown yeah. Bridge? It definitely wasn't yeah. the uh, Trenton Makes and the World Takes Bridge. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is that slogan? Very cocky. Very cocky out of Trenton, New Jersey. Didn't Gia say it was sad? Yeah, it's so sad. <laughs> I just thought it was cocky. I was like, man, they are really fucking full of themselves over here in Trenton. I, what, what What was their, like, Somebody is gonna like be tell us we're idiots, especially since we're from near Trenton. But what was it that they made that the world took? Uh, probably asbestos. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. It was a, I feel like it was either electric or uh, I don't know, power generation, but I don't remember. Okay. Now they make punk rock flea market stuff and AHL hockey games. I did see. Um, I saw one awesome show there. There's a there's a bar there called the Championship, and it's like a punk rock metal bar. Um, and I saw the band Alestorm, the pirate metal band. Oh, I like that. That's that's when I uh, stapled ten dollars to somebody's face. <laughs> uh, uh, that was yeah, it was a great show. I went there with my buddy Connor Everett. Um, but yeah, not, not a whole lot of reasons to go to Trenton. There's good pizza there, actually. Uh, you go to, I think the place actually might have moved out of their original location. Uh, I think it's called Dallas. No, not Dallas Sandros. Uh, uh, I'll think of it, but anyway. Um, not a destin, not a destination town. It is the capital of New Jersey, though. It which, is the capital. You know, and really makes sense. The Trenton Punk Rock Flea Market is a staple. This is the first time that they were, uh, they're usually just outside of the their uh, convention center or arena. Uh, this time it was outside and inside, which was pretty cool because it was like the bowl of the arena or like the upper level plus the, the what do you call it? The, not center stage. It's just the floor? The floor, yes, thank you. It was like the floor of the arena too. Uh, a lot of vendors. I think they had like listed three hundred plus. Pretty cool. I got some koozies. I do want to mention because I haven't seen them before in the t-shirt game, t-shirt patches and stickers. Uh, Pizza party printing has some really cool stuff. I picked up a couple of baseball tees. One um, with the classic uh, Arnold thumbs up from Terminator Two. <clears throat> and another one from Cobra, which I really loved. It had like a silhouette of um, of uh, Cobra cutting the pizza slice with the scissors, like a 
fucking psychopath like he did in the movie. Um, Jeff grabbed a creep show and something else, baseball tee. But pizza party printing, good stuff. Yeah, I, I grabbed a business card of theirs and I'm going to check out their website and see what they got going on. I like their stuff though when we were there. Yeah, they're like back lot of. Um, so they had a whole. Did you see all their stickers they had in the display? Yeah, stickers and they had patches too, I think. Yeah. Um, I really liked it in their patches. They had a good one. Uh, what a horrible night to have a curse. This is all it said, which is simple enough. Um, but their stickers was just all the previous shirts that he's done. Um, he had a lot of cool stuff, and I'm sure he has some good new stuff coming out. So Pizza Party Printing, give them a follow and check out their stuff. All right, you guys ready to dive in some beers? Yes, sir. All right, I will kick it off. I have other half brewing company, originally out of Brooklyn, New York, and recently hit Philadelphia. But I have the Mylar Bags Double Dry Hopped Imperial India Pale Ale. We have mentioned them on the show before. They are sort of... At least on the East Coast, the new kings, <clears throat> excuse me, kings of IPAs, like they're just putting out fire all over the place. Really excited to have them in Philadelphia. And this is a double DDH from them, 8.5%. See what we're dealing with here. They have yet to disappoint me. I think I might go over there tomorrow. Oh, yeah. uh, going to a show tomorrow night. I think I might go check that out a little bit beforehand. Did you end up grabbing um, the Neshaminy Creek uh, Mahoning beer? No, I haven't been up that way yet. I, I had every intention of going and didn't make it happen. Hopefully they didn't sell out. I don't know what kind of supply they put together. Hey, I have no idea. I don't know how much of a demand they thought they were going to have. But hopefully uh, Jeff's buddy made it over for us. Yeah, hopefully the Mahoning themselves will be selling it for a while and not just a one-time thing. I don't know if they have a license. I guess they don't They don't distribute, but they did have it there, so I don't know. Yeah, it might be a thing if, if the brewery might have a license, if they go, you know, like off-site, they can sell it. I, I don't know how that works, especially in Pennsylvania because it's a mess. Yeah, that's true. All right, what do you guys got? Um, I'm drinking Rogue's Bat Squatch Hazy IPA. Pretty sure I've drank this on the show before. Yeah, I do like some Bat Squatch. Good stuff. Unfortunately, it's it's warm. Oh, that's that doesn't sound as pleasant at all. But you know, you don't have like you, a, do what you, do. you don't have like a six pan of ice or anything. I just forgot to put beer in the fridge. <laughs> Sean, what do you got? Uh, as for, yeah, as for me, I uh, popped over to Crime and Punishment up on Gerard uh, a little while ago, and I sat and had a pint and picked up some crawlers to go, and I grabbed their Pilsner. It's Palanoia, well, 4.8%. Uh, it's a drinkable, solid Pilsner. Man, nice crisp Pilsner. Nothing wrong with that. On a hot nah, summer's good. day. All right. How about uh, music? You guys got, got got anything going on in the music front? 
Yeah, so I have three things. One, I know uh, Vin, uh, Vinny, you've you shared on the uh, Instagram for the show. Uh, Rock Bottom has some new tunes coming out and a new out al- a new album coming out. Um, I know we've talked about them on the show before. Rock Bottom is hardcore metal band. Uh, based out of Philly. My brother plays bass, sings background vocals. Um, just really fun, riffy, uh, good jams going on. Uh, they they split up just kind of amicably. They, the guitarist was moved, moved out west for a while. Um, but then he moved back and, you know, they're... You know, it, it's it's fun for them. It's something to do. They're all, you know, two of them are dads. They're all dudes, you know, uh, in their mid-30s that just love music. And they've been friends for a long, long time. And, uh, you know, good good, good dudes, repped hard. Um, that, uh, you know, I'm, I, they're all, you know, really great dudes. Uh and then, I love both um, new uh, new songs. And I mentioned it uh, last time we recorded "Alienated." When that when that dropped, I uh, listened to that song three times in that day. I had so much fun with it. Oh yeah. Um, another thing uh, we talked about, I believe, the last time we all recorded together, uh, Caven released a whole whole ass album of like fifteen tracks. Uh, they had been releasing some EPs that Sean and I were gushing over uh, over the past uh, couple months. Um, and they just released an album, and it's called Heavy Pendulum. And it is, uh, it's got a little bit of everything that you could want. It's doomy, it's heavy, it's, I mean, wouldn't you say, Sean, it's, yeah, and even they had like an alternative kind of phase. They dive into that a little bit, and then it yeah. goes back to just like huge riffs. And their band also broke up for a while. Um, I think we're teasing getting back together. Their original bassist Caleb died um, a couple years ago, um, which it, it kind of led me to think that you know nothing was really going to happen. But um, they're all just super active dudes in the in their scene and uh you know they they got to they put it together and you know this album is like i mean i i not to say return to greatness because all this stuff's good but you know it's it's a return to the closest to their original sound plus new new influences which is really awesome so um check out heavy pendulum by caven and then the last thing um i found just while it was recommended to me uh, Kirk Hammett of Metallica fame just released like a four or five song EP um, of just like heavy instrumental uh, uh, semi like Spanish guitar almost influenced but hmm. electric. Um, it basically sounds like if somebody was to write a heavy metal soundtrack to Don Quixote. Uh, like okay. it's like a it's really fucking awesome Man, um, that sounds super interesting and it's all instrumental just like it's it's a good like you know i won't say that it's like 
probably 30 minutes of uh, like five songs, 30 minutes long of instrumentals. Uh, really cool. Uh, you know, if you're one of those people that's like, I don't like Metallica, you know, it's not Metallica. You should check it out. Um, it's heavy and fun and unique. So that's all I got for music. All right. Sean, you got anything new in the music front? Uh, I'm going to go see a guy called Orville Peck on Friday. He's got like a alternative country, but it's, he, I wouldn't call him a country star. He's a dude that grew up in the punk rock scene covered in tattoos that sings more of like an outlaw, outlaw country. And I, I doubt any of your listeners are going to go to that, but if they are, still more on Friday. Um, Seek out the other thing Sean. I was thinking about. What's yeah, fine, Sean. Yeah, give me, give me a shout. I'm gonna one, be the dude. The stand, the stand in the middle. T-shirt. Sean, Sean. I'll be the guy in assless chaps. <laughs> Although there might be multiple of them there. <laughs> uh, the other thing I was thinking about is today. I don't know if you guys saw it's National Dracula Day. That's a thing. Oh, I thought it was oh, tomorrow. Like the, I think it's today. The 125th anniversary of Dracula coming out the book. Okay, interesting. Uh, there was a there was a Philadelphia punk band back in the '90s called Ink and Dagger that used to dress mm. up like vampires. Yep, uh, and really awesome band. Uh, they had an EP, "Drive This Seven Inch Stake Through My Philadelphia Heart." Um, a fucking awesome album. They were a great band, and I don't they haven't existed in a while. But that's a great title. If you like that '90s '90s punk? Check that out. Dorks that dress up like vampires. Nothing wrong with that. I feel like we missed the opportunity. To right? Have... Well, yeah. I mean, if we had any musical talent, because I don't know about you guys, but I do not. Yeah. Very <laughs> little. Can't play, can't play anything. I could sing and scream, but that's about it. Yeah, that's about it. I could stomp around the stage doing some bad screaming. You could be like the, the, the keg guy for Slipknot. Yeah, see, like, I would thrive as that. <laughs> That'd be a great job for me. Um, the only thing music I wanted to mention, nothing uh, necessarily new, but I've listened to this band for a long time, but just been on a, a recent kick, just going through all their albums, uh, Infinite Annihilator, really extreme, some extreme death metal. Um, they almost dabble into like grindcore and gorecore. Uh, do you guys listen to these, these guys at all? I've heard of them. I don't know that I've listened to them Dude, they're much. Super good. I mean, like, they're extreme, but just, uh, especially the vocals, like, to the point where it's, like, the extreme, like, you're admiring, like, what the hell is this guy doing? Um, making all these ridiculous noises. But as a band, though, like, they're just super heavy. Uh, they definitely have a headbang. The, the lyrics, like, fall into that. That gorecore kind of thing, like like very very brutal, but I always like and respect that they, you know, they don't take themselves seriously. They're not like uh, thinking they're some, you know, devil worshiping dudes. Like they're just they're just partying, making he- like really heavy music. Uh, they're even their their profile picture or whatever on Spotify is them in like sequin suits, just like headbanging. Nice. Um, 
but I got into a recent kick with them because they had uh, Trevor from Black Dahlia on a guest vocal spot on their most recent album, which was sick. So that just got me listening to all their albums start to finish, and I've been enjoying that. That's all I have for music go. Nothing, nothing new and exciting or any revelations. Anyone got anything new and noteworthy as far as news or what they've been watching outside of preparation for the war games? I have just been watching things for war games and I restarted Curb Your Enthusiasm. Ah, good call. So that's pretty much all I've been doing. I restarted It's Always Sunny and I'm loving every minute of it. Mm. Yeah, I got to do that too. There's a whole... Because I, I basically not out of this, like or anything, but I haven't seen like the last seven seasons. So there's a whole. I haven't seen I... the last two, and from what I've heard, I haven't missed really all that much. I guess compared to the, the earlier stuff, but I'm excited to catch back up. But... I didn't really follow that show religiously back when it was on, but did you see that they came out with a podcast too? They're doing their own rewatch. Yeah. Oh really? Uh, I. Yeah, I started watching from the beginning and listening to the pod, and it's it's uh, been fun. I've seen a lot of clips. It looks like a good time. What, so they're recapping episodes on the podcast? They're mostly just shooting the shit, uh, kind of touching on the issues, because a lot of those, like, first season episodes are a little problematic. The shit that, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're already uh, So banned. they're just like, what the fuck were we thinking every episode? That's funny. Is Dan DeVito on it? Uh, he hasn't been yet. It's just the three main guys. Okay. It's a great show just to throw on, like, because I, I like to have the the TV on as as uh, background noise when I'm going to sleep. I'm one of those people. And it is a great one to have on for that. But there's been many nights where I, like, I like I think I'm prepping for bed and throwing that on to go to sleep. I'm like, oh, like, I'm, I'm pretty absorbed into this and I want to have a good laugh. I'm going to watch fucking three episodes. We just did that with new girl and now we went back to rewatching Shit's Creek which oh Shit's Creek's great it's dumb but it is fun I had a lot of fun with that show you know I told Jeff the other day I just watched uh, Killer Clowns for the first time what'd you think oh it was awesome right it's just a, it's just a good ride that was a fun movie yeah. I can't believe I'd, I'd never seen it but yeah you guys have those movies in your past where it's been so long and you're like I'm just not gonna watch it it's uh, yeah, that's a fun one. Wild and crazy kills and everything. Cotton candy. Eighty schlock. Um, I already was telling Jeff about it on the last episode we recorded, but have you guys heard about the show From on Amazon Prime? No, no. It is very good. It's only one season in. It was an Epics original, which I didn't even know Epics was doing original content or, or shows, but very good stuff. And then even since last recording, I watched two more episodes and it's still very captivating and good. It is cleared for a season two, which I'm excited for. Um, I don't want to get too much into it as I already explained it last episode, but it's this small town where people drive into the town and can't 
Get Out. Oh, I have seen previews for this. Yeah, whether it be a tree falling or some kind of circumstance, like once you're in this town, you're not getting out. Like, there's no way of getting out. And you have all these different generations there. People have been there for for years. People have been there for months. Um, And then you're mainly following the new characters that just arrived there. So you have all this kind of tension and suspense going on with them being stuck there and not being able to get out. And there being limited resources because it's just a small town. Uh, the only resources they get are what come in with newcomers. On top of that, you have, once the sun goes down, these monsters that come out of the surrounding woods that don't look like monsters. They look like innocent people, but they lure you out of your homes or lure you to let them in their homes. And they straight up, in a very gory fashion, devour you. Uh, so, you, so a lot going on, but it's very well done, very smartly written. Uh, like I said, I watched two more episodes since the last time we recorded. It is still fire, and I'm even more curious what's going to happen with this season. And it's one of those shows, like in the beginning, I was like, I don't know if this can stretch two seasons, like how much they could do. But now, with the content and like the stuff they're revealing, like, all right, I, I'm, I'm I can see how this could go for another season. It's good stuff. And it's on Amazon Prime from. It actually feels very Stephen King esque, too. It's very uh, under the dome, but even more stuff piled on. It sounds pretty Stephen King. Yeah. Speaking of which. With that, should we segue into our War Games? Let's do it. All right. I'm going to attempt a pause intermission, and then we'll be back with you for some war games. Because I don't know how to edit, so you're going to hear the pause (laughs) and intermission. All right. So we're back from intermission. Before we get into war games, we do want to mention the uh, sad passing of Ray Liotta. Great, great actor. Um, famously from Goodfellas, but for me, well, I mean, Goodfellas is the hallmark, but for me, I also loved him from the great thriller, Turbulence. You guys have anything on Turbulence? I haven't seen it. What? Sean? No, I haven't. Oh, you guys gotta watch it immediately. There's many sequels, um... The second one being awful. The third one having nothing to do with Ray Liotta, but uh, Turbulence 3, Heavy Metal. So all the the movie itself and all the sequels take place on a uh, commercial jetliner. The first one, the OG with Ray Liotta, um, is a commercial plane. And in typical ridiculous fashion, they are transporting a... Very dangerous uh, murder suspect, Ray Liotta, on the plane with normal passengers, which would never happen. And he um, schmoozes one of the flight attendants and uh, romances her, but then escapes and takes the plane hostage, and she has to fight back against him. It's good stuff. Like it's 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 a silly '90s thriller, but very good. 
The third one, not very good, but it's a metal band taking over a plane and holding them hostage. Heavy metal. That sounds like a great one. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Second one, I couldn't even tell you what it's about. I believe there's a fourth and fifth as well. But, in any case, rest easy, radio the Chantix. <laughs> yeah, don't quit up. don't quit smoking folks apparently it's not it's better to just keep smoking do they have a cause of death or are they waiting on that the no, article, I, 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 go ahead i i was just gonna say that i haven't heard no the article i read said he passed in his sleep but that was pretty vague all right well i'm, I'm glad it was peaceful at least Original basis of Petra died too. Was that? If you're fan, if you're fans of the uh, Petra, uh, the original basis of the Petra died. Oh really? No, I didn't. I didn't see that. Yeah, that one I didn't know. Um, and when I see it, uh, like uh, my first thought when a, a celebrity dies is autoerotic asphyxiation. Mm-hmm. Uh, um. So you know, if it's not that, then. Natural causes, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely thought that's how Bob Saget died. I was almost positive. Yeah, but apparently, yeah, apparently he apparently he apparently he hit his head, which is also a bad way to go. But while he was while he was trying, yeah, yeah. asphyxiating <laughs> autoerotically. <laughs> that's terrible. All right. You guys are the worst. So, <clears throat> War Games this week. So we've been teasing it on the Insta, but we are doing a a version of our thoughts on the best of Stephen King adaptations. There are many. Um, especially when we were originally planning on doing the three of us doing this list. I thought we could have easily gone 20 um, but with myself and Pete doing the list, we're going to go with 10, which is real lean. If we didn't do 20 for cage. We're not doing 20 for anybody else. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think this list could have 20 on it though. This, there's a lot of content and a lot this of is good, a bloated list. There's a lot there's, of good. There's some, there's some bad ones though. There there's are bad there's ones. some bad ones, but there's a lot of good. Yes. Like 10's tough. And you know, if I do get the end up getting the quantity over quality, I don't know if you would give me hell about what's on the bottom of my list because the bottom of the list for a top ten is tough in this. But uh, right, I'm not see. gonna give you. I'm not gonna give you hell on anything. I don't think. Although, then again, you did pick hostage. Some, <laughs> yeah, I love hostage. Anything with Ben Foster. I was see see what I was hoping. Well, I was really gonna. My goal going into this was to play for Money in the Bank, so I could have it for a future episode. Because I would not use it on this list. So okay. But well, with a two we're, we're, with a two person list, we will have yep. no Money in the Bank. Correct. 
So you guys are just going to trivia for number one? Well, it's a choice of number one or, or quantity. Uh, right, well, it's even, even number between the two of you guys. Well, it's one person will get uh, six and one person will get four, I guess. Is that how you want to do it, Vinny? Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out draft order. Because the B and A thing isn't working out. I guess I should have figured this out before we push our cord. You could just cut it. You could cut it to nine and do five and four. But... That's not going to do. And one. Um, all right. So we're doing things a little bit different now. This is an even number. We don't usually have even numbers. And it's been a while since we've had a two-person uh, list here. So depending on the outcome of the trivia, you can have, again, the quantity over quality, where you'll have, if you go for the quality and you want that number one pick, you'll have the number one pick, the number four, the number seven, and the number 10. If you go quantity, you'll have a unique little cluster of having number two and three, five and six, and eight and nine, which is pretty tempting, especially with when we have a two-person list, there's no money in the bank, so no one can stop what you're doing. So having those three rounds of back-to-back picks, that's kind of tempting. But trivia will determine who gets that choice. Also, I definitely hit record while I was saying three, two, one. <laughs> just so everybody can remember that our boy Jeff is not here who works all the technology and soundboard and audacity it is obvious he is not here because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing this may not even get out there I have no idea we're roughing it Trailblazer. this may have been just a discussion amongst the three of us but we'll see hey, that's all I wanted <laughs> all right you guys Sean you got little, some trivia fired little, up yeah 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 so I got I feel like I have one question you'll get one question Pete will get and then I have one question that I threw in for me so I'm going to hit you with that one first oh boy the 1983 Stephen King adaptation Christine spent 15% of its budget on what the car cars but yes that's it yeah it was uh, yeah they spent 15 percent of their but they bought like 24 cars they, well yeah there's the the one where uh they crinkle the car up that had to be what two two cars for that uh, i was reading uh, they yeah they ripped the motor out of the car and they put all these hydraulics inside um and they had they just pulled the car into itself to get that like crumpling effect and then they reversed it to make it look like it was built like repairing itself mm-hmm. it came up with some pretty cool shit yeah it's an amazing scene all right kind of a, that's, kind of an that's easy you. question <laughs> I think you you jumped in and got it. well why didn't you just say it pete i don't know what are you thinking hairstyle i was trying to think of what the car was oh you know it's, what the car it's is? a plymouth right yeah. yeah, 58 Plymouth yeah. Fury. 
They didn't come in red that year. They only came in uh, uh, gold. Of, I forget what they pink. called it. Powder pink? Yeah, uh, gold. Gold. There should be more cars that are gold nowadays. All right, so did I win? Yeah. Right. Sorry, sorry, Pete. I... Wait, so now I'm curious. Now think... I'm curious, though. What was the other two questions? That was one was Pete specific, uh, the, and one the was the one me. I was going to ask. The one I was going to ask: What is the actual name of the town in Salem's Lot? The full name. Uh, I shockingly don't know that. For how much I love the book. Oh, uh, it's know. Jerusalem. Jerusalem's oh, yeah, duh. damn it. And the other, I was going to ask, what was the novella that Stand By Me was uh, made after? It's just called The Dead Body, or The Body? It was, it was The Body. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, I'm going to go with... More... Huh? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I care more about Christine than either of those two movies, so... I agree. I didn't think you'd get what year car it was. Um, I'm going to go quantity. For sure. So I'll take the the 986532. All right. That puts you on the clock, Pete. I'm typing to you as we speak. Oh, boy. Pete, with the number 10 pick, goes with Storm of the Century. Really? You think that's low? I mean, I just don't... Uh, I can't even tell you the last time I saw this one. I saw it over the last week. Maybe I should have given it a rewatch then. You know what? Thanks to Sean. I, it wouldn't have made my list only... If I hadn't been able to rewatch it, but the only place it's available to watch is on YouTube. And it's not available on any platform to stream. How is the, the YouTube quality? Uh, totally fine. And no cuts, no commercials. How was it on rewatch? I guess it was good enough to make the list. So I watched this. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not really sure why I was allowed but like this was like a television event that like my parents were excited for and they're not really horror movie tv people but they i remember watching it with them when i was like i don't know probably seven eight nine ish and it scared the shit out of me because it is creepy even as even as a rewatch it's got a lot of like demonic imagery uh, murder, uh, uh, basically what the, this, the plot is this guy just show this, this Island off the coast of Maine as Maine will come up again, most of these, uh, categories, he loves, uh, um, off the coast of Maine, this Island, pretty, you know, remote miles off the mainland is preparing for this major winter storm. And, Right as the storm starts, or is about to start, this stranger, nobody knows, don't know how he got to the island, kills this old woman. 
and that just sets off a whole uh, crazy plot where he um, he keeps telling them he keeps killing people off, and he keeps saying, "Give me what I want, and I'll leave you alone." And he doesn't. He, he waits until he kills like eight people until he finally tells them what he wants, and he wants them to give up. He's basically like a, a a demon that walks the earth, but is towards the end of his life, and he wants them to give up one of their children uh, willingly for him to take and be his uh, trainee. To um, this movie has a lot of. It's like a ton of faces you know. It's like a ton of character actors all brought together into one movie. Um, some really, really bad Boston accents, New England <laughs> accents. Like, like just tr- tr- tried, tried way too hard. Like he's over there. He's over there in the car. Um, <laughs> the car with the yard. But yeah, but um, no. I mean, I, I, I really suggest a rewatch of this because I mean, it's a. It's four hours long. I mean, I think it was either three or four parts on TV. Um, and I don't know what it, it aired on, you know, ba- basic cable. It was either, or, or regular cable. It was either like ABC or NBC. Um, and I think one of the things I like, I mean, it's what I like about a lot of these adaptations of Stephen King is like you get, you purposely get the feeling that it's based off a book, which I like. They always have narration, um, and you kind of feel like a little bit like chapters. So I like that because you know that you're watching something that's adapted from a book. So it's a little bit of paying homage, I think, to the um, uh, yeah. author. I like the uh, the the four part or, or three part miniseries too. We don't see a lot of that anymore. Like a, a miniseries for us is, you know, six to eight episodes on a stream. Yeah. Service. Because yeah, but that's TV now. Yeah. I mean, tuning in uh, really for, what, streaming service. for what was essentially just a really long movie. They broke into four parts. They did the same thing um, for it. The same thing for Salem's lot. Um, probably a few others with Stephen King was, uh, a lot of his novels are are hefty. Um, it was probably a really cool thing to watch live action back in the day, which I didn't get to experience any of any of this for any of his uh, limited series. But it had to be a cool way to watch. Yeah, I, uh, I this so this was I guess you could say my dark horse. I was probably only going to come in at 10 and had a higher, if I, my first pick was higher, I probably wouldn't have made it, but um, right. I'm, I'm big fan of this. And, and that's specifically because I just remember scaring the shit out of me as a kid. And you, I, I don't know the actor's name. I can look it up real quick. Um, the guy that plays the, the, the main demon dude, Linoge, um, you've seen him in a lot of things. And he he just has like the face, uh, to be like extra creepy in this in this. Uh, what is it? Oh, I don't know. It's not coming up easily here. Anyway, 
What the uh, actor, oh wait wait the Col- actor's name? Uh, Calm Fiori. Mm-mm. I don't know. It's a cool name. Um, let me see. Oh, he was in. Oh, you know who you know who he was? He was the doctor in Face Off. Ah, that, that okay. Changes their faces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he was uh, the he was the villain in this. Yes. Okay. I guess and, he did. Uh, yeah, he's a character actor. He's in all. He's been in a ton of things, but um, yeah. All right, I dig that. He gets burned. He gets burned alive pretty bad in Face Off. Yeah. No good. He knew too much. All right, solid pick number ten. I'm gonna give that a watch because I don't think I've even seen it in completion. But that came uh, recommended from Sean, and now he, from you making the number ten spot in the list. I'm definitely gonna check that out. I don't think I've rewatched that since I was a kid, and I saw it probably the same way Pete did. And I just remember it scaring the shit out of me, and like waiting for each part to play. I wonder if it's, I, it's I wonder definitely if it's on my rewatch list. On any uh, physical media, even DVD or hopefully Blu-ray, because I mean, watching on YouTube's fine, but I'd rather watch it on uh, on some format that they intended intended it to be seen. The uh, the guy who plays the main character, he's like the town constable and like he owns the grocery store. Um, he's a kind, he's got like a face you would expect to see him in like a ton of things, but the only th- other thing that I know that I've watched him in is he was in like a few episodes of The Sopranos, and but he's also the voice of Superman in the hmm. cartoons. Ah, oh, okay. Well, yeah. You guys ready to go to number nine? You got my pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Vinny, Vinny's pick is in. Uh, with the number nine, Vinny chooses 2007, The Mist. Low. Too low? So, so low. I know, but th- there's too much good stuff. I mean, these are right in line with where I thought they'd. Fall. I guess I could have. I mean, I really only could have made it one higher. Otherwise, there's too much good stuff coming off the list. Especially because I know you're going to put so much non-horror on here and fuck up my shit. But anyway, The Mist. Um, well, directed I have by... Huh? Well, yeah, that, help, that helps me, but I don't know if you're going to prior... prioritize. All three, be... all three might be non-horror. Exactly. You might prioritize some some goofy shit. Uh, so The Mist, like Sean said, came out in 2007, directed by Frank Darabont, who is no no uh, stranger to Stephen King. He did the screenplay for, uh, shoot, he did the screenplay for Green Mile and Shawshank. Um, this is starring Thomas Jane. It's a, uh, a weird, like a weird storm comes and unleashes this like violent monster on this small town um, that only comes in a mist form that surrounds the outside or can come inside if doors are open. And basically for the majority of the movie, you're trapped inside a small grocery store with your cast and main characters. 
and it's very intense. It's, um, I think it's cool that it's, uh, to start a small space in a grocery store, uh, something very commonplace to all of us and being stuck there with strangers and trying to survive the elements and survive this freak, uh, thing going on, a supernatural thing is pretty intense. And I love, I love, uh, what's his name? Andre, Andre Brewer, Brewer, you know what I'm talking about? Black guy. Yeah, exactly. I love From, him From uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Yes. I love him in this. Um, also City of Angels. Don't like City of Angels. Just, just saying. <laughs> And then, so the, the, main, the main reason I won this making the bottom of the list is the ending. If you've seen this movie, if you've read the book. That's the best part. It's wild. And Stephen King has been somewhat notorious for not being able to stick the ending. And he has a lot of misses on his endings. Like, I, I have to say that. But on my list... There's a couple where he really sticks it, and this is one of them, where it is it is so jarring and so shocking. I read the book, or the short story, before I saw the movie, and it had my jaw dropped. Like, it's pretty intense. Like, do you think for a 2007 movie, like, are spoilers off the table? Can we discuss the ending? You got you've talked about the ending of this before. I have. I well, I think in your sub, didn't you do a list of surprise endings? Oh yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, you're right. That was back in the day. But for that to happen, like, so Thomas Jane takes the family. They're on the run out of the grocery store. He feels like the mist is surrounding them. The monsters are coming. All is over. So he has this plan to. Again, spoilers, so if you don't want to hear, and you haven't seen this 2007 movie, fast forward a little bit, but he decides to take, to kill his entire family with the intentions of killing himself too, because it's all over. He kills his children, he kills his wife, getting ready to turn the gun on himself, and then the authorities break through the mist, and it's all over, and they would have survived. Well, he knew he didn't have enough bullets for him. Oh, really? Yeah. Was that what it was? Yeah, I haven't he knew, watched he, it in a while. He only, had, he only had three bullets, and there was four people in the car. Oh, so he was going to let himself succumb to the mist. Okay, yeah, yeah, I remember. Actually, he had four bullets, and it wasn't his wife. It was the chick from the... It was his wife was already dead. It was the blonde babe from Walking Dead? Yeah. Laurie Holden or something. Maybe her name. But yeah, so either so way. he had four bullets, and what happened? He shoot. He shoots. He, he knows that he has. He knows that he has to shoot them, and then he's just like, you know, prepared for the monsters to take him. He he gets out of the car, and then and he's like on his knees, and the and the tank pulls up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, very shocking ending, and very like, oh, what the fuck? Like, I mean, especially because he kills a kid. Yeah. And, and the kid at one point says, like, 
promised me it won't let them take me no matter what. So, yeah. Monsters are terrifying in this movie, by the way. Yes. It it feels like it could be part of the um um what's that J.J. Abrams series? Um, you know, with the giant monsters. Not Cloverfield. Yeah, it feels it feels like it could be part of the Cloverfield universe. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, because it's like there's the tentacle monster, which to which you never see the whole monster. Then there's the giant bugs. There's the spiders, which are definitely the worst part. I would rather fight a giant tentacle beast than twenty humongous spiders. Um. Lots of lots of lots of familiar faces in this movie too, like random uh like the kid that plays the store clerk that dies first is uh um he's in American Pie, I think. Um the one guy um who's in this he was the old guy in The Walking Dead. You know who I'm talking about? No. Uh, Jeffrey Demun. He's Back in, in the first season, I think. First, yeah, he's the one that like drives the drives the RV. Uh, he eventually dies, but you know who, who I'm talking about. It was about. Dale. It was Dale in the first season. Um. Anyway, he's in this. He's in. Uh, Storm of the Century. He's in the Green Mile. Like, I wonder if he's like connected to Stephen King somehow. Cocaine buddies. Possibly. What do you say, Ben? Cocaine buddies. Maybe. Very possible. Um, also, like, why don't we get more Thomas Jane in the world? Uh, people like I, seem to not respect him. So, one of the shows that I thought was canceled very prematurely, did you ever watch the show Hung? Hung was uh, awesome. It was like two, they only had for like two seasons. He was kind of like a down on his luck teacher. Um, oh, but yeah, yeah. He, but he had a big schlong. So yeah, he yeah. started. He started being a gigolo on the side. Um, I thought it was a really good show. I forgot about that show. Um, and it was him, and uh, but yeah, it got canceled after like two or three seasons. Uh, Gia liked that show a lot. It was. It came out around the same time as True Blood. I remember watching them. I think maybe one even came after, like aired after the other. Yeah, I like Thomas Jane a lot, and like people hate on his Punisher. I thought his Punisher was great. It was, yeah, there was a, a, an origin story. Like, yes, John Travolta was goofy in it, but it wasn't Thomas Jane's fault. Like, it, I, th- I thought it was a pretty good Punisher story. Do you remember yeah. when they released that short with Thomas Jane, the Punisher short, when they were trying to like reboot the franchise? No. Oh, if you never saw it, you could probably find it on YouTube. But it they did a graphic retelling or origin kind of of Punisher. It's only a couple minutes long, but not an origin. It's just a 
like a short Punisher clip on YouTube. Hmm. Check it out. Right. Well, not to mention Thomas Jane being in Vinny's maybe top five movies of all time. Deep Blue Sea? Yeah. Yeah, and he's a badass. He fucking rides a tire shark and takes a... Ooh, it was called Dirty Laundry, the Punisher. Dirty Laundry. <laughs> he took a license plate out of that shark's mouth. <laughs> Very impressive. All right. What are we on? The number eight? Yeah, number eight. Uh, Vinny has selected 2017's Gerald's Game. Pete, please don't argue this one. I mean, uh, it's fine. I have so much love. What do you mean it's fine? I just don't. I don't, I don't think it. I don't think it makes the top ten. But Ugh. it's fine. It so. She's hot. That I mean, like. Yes, yeah, but that right. that aside, like, so this story was one of those horror stories that like people read it and thought was unfilmable. Like, like you have those you have those books you read, you have those stories you read, like oh, like this would be a great TV show, or this would be a great movie. This one, a lot of people thought like oh, like it was a great story, but this can't ever be put in the film. And then directed by Mike Flanagan, and he made it happen in the best kind of way. Like, it's not 100% true to the book, because none of these are going to be. And uh, you can't have it be completely Your connection's getting worse. Is it really? Yeah. What's going on with your Wi-Fi over there? I don't think it's the Wi-Fi. I don't know if it's the plug-in... I don't know what the fuck it is. Alright, well anyway. Um, yeah, so this this story by Stephen King was pretty much deemed by a lot of people as unfilmable. Couldn't be made into a TV, um, TV series or a movie. And Mike Flanagan comes along, comes along and makes it happen. I know I've talked about Mike Flanagan on this show a lot. Um, I think the rest of us have at least, you know, in small ways have. The man is brilliant. And what he did with this movie with characters talking to each other, talking to themselves. Because the, the whole book, the whole short story takes place in her mind, obviously. Like, it's her... Gerald has the accident and has the heart attack and is out of the story. And then it's her, the rest of the, the, the book. And for him to make this happen with her talking to her conscious and then Gerald, his conscious, and she, she's talking to him. I mean, I, I think this is brilliant. And it was still edge of edge of your seat, intense. Uh, there was some good gore. There was some very cringy moments with the family stuff, uh, with the Gerald stuff and their marriage. I mean, just all around. I think this is pretty brilliant. Uh, a lot of it came 
a lot of it came from Stephen King's novella, but the way Mike Flanagan was able to film it and put the whole the whole focus on her just in a bed, basically the entire movie, and make it that intense and make you feel those stories that she dealt with as a child and with her marriage and what she was dealing with in the present with Gerald dying while they were doing their whole fantasy thing. It's just all kinds of fucked up and I find it to be very intense and highly entertaining. Um, oh, and also all the Eclipse stuff. The Eclipse stuff was beautiful. Like, where, where that scene... Like, the original Eclipse scene where the father-daughter moment happens, which is not a, you know, beautiful scene whatsoever. It's very gross and uncomfortable. But then the way they revisit the Eclipse, uh, you know, going on, it's really beautifully done. I love this movie. I almost wanted to put it higher, but I knew that wouldn't be. I did. I knew that wouldn't be accepted. Um. What the the one thing I remember? Um, I mean, I, I I I'm not I'm not I don't want to when I said I didn't want to seem like I pooed it. I've only seen it the one time, so like I definitely enjoyed it. Um. It 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 needs a rewatch. I enjoyed it the first time, and then I rewatched it for the purpose of this list, and really got a lot more out of it and admired it even more. What I remember um, finding, you know, ended up being especially because you you don't know like what's a hallucination, right? And what's and then when you find out that the guy was real, yeah. Like the big creepy deformed guy. Yep, with the the uh, wedding rings and the bones. Yeah, that was that. I thought was a was a really nice touch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then is it their dog or just a random dog that? It's a random dog that they encounter on their way to the shore house, and she gives the dog like some food and like you know the, establishes she's an animal lover and trying to take care of a stray dog and then a dog comes back to, you know, fuck things up. Um, then is there, is there also like a, a girl or someone that wanders in? No. The steel stuff? No? I'm thinking of something else. Uh, just a dog and the crazy killer dude. There's some head nods to Stephen King's previous work. Obviously the dog I would think is a head nod to Cujo. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not a St. Bernard or anything like that, but um, in the in the Flanagan movie, there's a head nod to Midnight Mass. Uh, she picks up a copy of the Midnight Mass novel and throws it at the dog. Uh, oh. There's a reference to Cujo where the husband calls the dog Cujo, which... It's pretty on the nose, but yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoyed this. Um, that's funny because that's like a second, um, Midnight Mass isn't a Stephen King book, is it? Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Um, but that's a second, 
Mike Flanagan, because also in um, Hush, which is also a Mike Flanagan movie, um, she, the book that she wrote, I think, is Midnight Mass. Oh, wait. Actually, wait. Midnight Mass, maybe it's not in the Stephen King. But either way, I think it's a it's it's him. Hey, actually, his... yeah. Um, sorry, I was very wrong with that. It's not Stephen King. I think he was just hinting at his thoughts right. for that, right? Like, like an he... Easter egg for what was brewing in his mind and upcoming. I didn't realize right. the and Easter egg in Hush though. And he did it twice. He did it in Hush and that, which is cool. Yeah, because that's interesting. I I thought that that what he did with Minnie Mass was fantastic. Oh yeah, so good. And but like in the book, I thought the book that she throws at the dog it said the author on the book. Like I said Midnight Mass and the author right below it. Obviously it wouldn't say Stephen King though. I uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, but I I was wrong about that. Like definitely Midnight Mass is not something written by Stephen King. But the Easter egg at twice is pretty cool. It must have been on it must have been like something he was brewing on for a while. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoy this one, and out of the modern, <clears throat> the modern taste of Stephen King, I think this is way up there as as one of the best, especially for it being something that was considered not filmable, not filmable. Well, I hope this next one doesn't piss you off. Well, I'm ready I to chose, announce. I chose it over one that I know you didn't want, so we'll see. Yeah, but I feel like the one I didn't want, at least from what I, from talking with Sean, you're gonna put on regardless. No. Well, I don't know. I, oh, you should. I don't, know. I don't know if there's multiple that you don't want. There's only one. Okay. So with the number seven pick, Pete goes with 1983's The Dead Zone. Ooh, too low. This was my number too three. Too low? Oh. I love the Desmond. I didn't think this would make your list for some reason. Oh, I love it. It's walking. Um, Come on. Yeah, but, but well, you said, I mean, this is like fringe horror. So, you know, I wasn't sure. Um... But uh, yeah, it's, not, it's not really hard. Yeah, I guess it really isn't hard. But did this make your Cronenberg list? I don't think it did. It did not, which was a mistake. This is um, like low key. Yeah, that was a mistake because this is low key, like some of Cronenberg's best work. Um, well, should I just should I just switch and stand by me then and let you talk about this? Like, no, 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 <laughs> definitely don't switch the stand. By okay, me. okay. So, um, this movie, one of the, okay. So, one of the things I love about this movie isn't actually this movie. It's, I mean, this movie is great, but he, so he does a uh, on SNL, he does the same kind of character. Um, where where like he shakes someone's hand and he does like the jolt thing. 
um, <laughs> but all but uh, but all he can tell the person is like some stupid thing. Like he's like, "You'll stub your toe." You know, it's like you know. So it, um, I kept quoting this like while I was rewatching it with Steph, and I was like, "Why does he talk this way? Like that's not an accent. Like is it just walking?" I think it's just. I think it's like. I think it's like thick. He's like from Brooklyn, and I think it's just like. Yeah, but it's something beyond that. It's it's walking. Yeah, well, it's and it's different. You know, I think this is like like in this in this, it, that is his normal speaking. I think in you know when he's in Joe Dirt, he put he puts it on a little bit. You know, he puts some, he puts a little jelly on it, but. <laughs> Uh, to make it, you know, more, more walking esque. But yeah, in this, I mean, uh, it's just this is what he sounds like. But um, I love the premise of this. I love, uh, you know, the whole trap. You know, he he loses the girl, uh, but just uh, you know, but he ends up saving her in the end, kind of. Um, I think, uh, what's his name? Um, um, Michael Martin 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 Sheen's great in this movie as the, as the, um, politician. Another scumbag Um, that, yeah, we just talked about on a recent Watchers or Die. Wait, you don't like you don't like Martin Sheen? No, I love Martin Sheen, but it's just weird that so we were talking about did you watch the most recent Joe Bob episode? Or no, not the no. most recent. Two episodes ago? No. The the girl down the lane whatever it's called. I it was a very long title. But uh it's, it's one of uh Jodie Foster's early works. And it was Martin Sheen, one of his first works. And he was like an openly, like an open, like the town knew he was a pedophile. And they were all like, okay with it, which was super weird. But he was super rapey in it with Jodie Foster, who was like 12. Very strange. And then he backs it up with this, where he's also a scumbag. Strange choice. Worked out, you know, gangbusters for him, but... (laughs) Weird choice in early works from Martin Sheen. Um, I mean, I, I feel like, well, this is post, uh, this is post um, Apocalypse Now, though. Yes. Um, but yeah, strange, strange trajectory to go from Apocalypse Now, which was what it was, you know, one of the greatest movies of all time. To, I mean, not the, not cutting down on this role, but it's just not. You don't think of going from that to that is all I'm saying. But um, I don't know. And it's not, I feel like there's not a lot you can talk about with this movie without like basically telling the whole story because it's kind of a short, it's like an hour and a half. Um, and it's pretty much just like, it's a straight, it's just a straight story. Straight. I mean, like he, he goes into a coma for three years and when he comes out of it, he basically, if he touches someone, he can see, something bad that's going to happen to him in, in the near future. Either past, present, or future. And, uh, yeah, past, present, or future. And he's able to use that to help, uh, solve a 
a few crimes, but then he does, and then but then he then uses it for personal reasons. Well, for the greater good, but also for but also selfishly as well. Yeah, to save I... his uh, ex girlfriend. Yep. Love this. I just watched this for the first time the other day, uh, and I really enjoyed it. Um, so how relevant doesn't up. seem to a recent political figure, Doctor Oz? <laughs> no, not well. Yes, Doctor Oz. <laughs> you know that dude. You know that dude would pull the trigger. But didn't it seem a little relevant to the Trump stuff? Yeah, I mean he's. With all the, he's a the rich guy his... playing, playing, trying to play the the blue collar card. Yes, yeah, pretending to, and pretending all to the yelling and, and getting people towards hate. It was, eh, it was a little weird. That was like, kind of, uh, you know, telling the future. Uh, it was kind of weird, especially yeah. especially on a recent rewatch. Um, yeah, I see that parallel. Um, a lot of hate in those sheen eyes. Yeah, <laughs> he, he went. He went almost Charlie in this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. But um. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think it's a, you know, not it. Like I said, it's fringe horror. Maybe I mean, there's there is murder. There is uh, you know, there's kind of this storyline. Uh, surrounding the middle of the movie about this uh, slasher that's killing all these young women. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, I I watch anything with walking in it. Oh, yeah. At least once. Oh, yeah. And this is definitely some some prime walking. Yeah. Uh, what year was it? 89. So you played it at what? Seven? Six? Seven. Seven. Oh, I had three. It's gonna fuck my list up. On my own list, I put this at six. So this is. Right. You're pretty close. You guys are pretty close to what I have written down so far. Well, I gotta pause the pee, and I can't edit it out, so you're gonna hear that I have to pee, and we'll be right back. <laughs> All right. So I sent my number six pick in. We'll see if this is controversial. It shouldn't be because it is. Is it Rampage, the Carrie sequel? <laughs> no. <laughs> the fire. Uh, what's the Firestarter sequel called? Something ridiculous. I don't know. Son of Firestarter. Liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs> All right, I got Vinny's text. Vinny at number six wants to go with 1985's Silver Bullet. Oh man. No go. Or did you have a higher? It's a good movie, but it's not. It's a uh, fine, dude. I love this movie. Like you're lucky, this isn't my number two. Dude, you don't like Stand by Me, and like the, the kid in this. <laughs> I don't like the kid in this. I, I love the kid, the kid in this. this. I want to punch him in the face. Love I'm him. glad he's crippled. I'm glad he's crippled. I am not glad he's crippled. I'm glad he has a fun. Silver bullet wheelchair created by his great uncle, uh, Red Gary Busey. You chose this just because it's a Gary Busey film, right? 
Yes, because is Gary Busey being... Is this... Is this uh, so it's 1985. This is pre, pre-accident? Yeah, pre-accident. accident didn't happen until after, like, uh, Black Sheep. Okay. And he's still, a, like ma- he's still, he's still a madman in this. He's playing a drunk. This is, I do love... He, this is, like, early, like... He's, like, he's like kind of fat, like... Yeah. I, I do love him. Gary Busey's wild yeah. in this. He's, like, the fun uncle like, that everybody like wanted to have. This? He's making secret fast wheelchairs and sending him off on his way to go speeding down the road in this fucking thing. And then, on top of the... The great Gary Busey uh, and nephew dynamic, which I love so much. You have werewolf stuff going on, and I am a sucker for a werewolf movie. Uh, it's one of my favorite subgenres. The the werewolf stuff in this, like, it's not the best. It's not the best makeup for werewolves. Like, I mean, it's pretty good, but the church scene where they're all turning, that shit, it's pretty horrifying. I didn't see this yeah. as a kid. Uh, this one missed me uh, for some reason. And I didn't watch it as like an adolescent. But like that church scene where they're all turning and getting all wild. Like that would have that would have scared the shit out of me as a kid. And I'm sure a lot of a lot of kids saw this at, at, in 1985. It had to be a sleepover classic. Um I love this. And I, I don't even have a good reference to the... I don't know if it was, It had to be a short story, not a whole book by Stephen King. It must have been one of his short stories, but I don't even have a good reference on how true I think it, it was is. actually. I think it was actually something he wrote under one of his uh, like pseudonyms. Okay. Um, and it was called... It might have been called The Moon. It says at the beginning of the movie. Oh, uh, The Moon. Yeah, that... Okay, that makes sense. I, I, still, I still don't think I read it. And I read a great deal of his work. But I just have so much of the, so much love for this movie and so much fun watching it. It's like a, a great crowd pleaser. Like, you throw this on with a group of friends and rip some beers and just have some fun watching it. It's fun to watch alone though too. Like falling middle middle of the pack for me is just fine for this. Get it? Middle of yeah, the pack. Pete, Werewolves. Pete said he's glad the kid's paralyzed. Yeah, it's <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> I mean, I just don't I don't think it I it no need to fret about it. I mean there's no reason to hate no, I don't dislike the movie. It's just like it's a kids' movie. Yes. So you don't like Monster Squad? Uh, yeah, no, Monster no. Squad. I, I like Monster Squad. I just feel like, or the gate. Like, like there's no like you don't see any of the violence that the werewolf does. I don't know. Yeah, and like the the werewolf battle scene at the end. Uh, has this like question marks, but I don't know. I have so much fun with this movie. I have no problem rewatching it. I I enjoy 
showing it to people that haven't seen it before. I love this movie. Gary Busey. I mean, come on. <clears throat> I think there's a sequel. That not not I movie, not but seen. I think not movie, but I think there might be a sequel. Sorry. I don't know anything about that. I'm, I could be wrong. Like a sequel book? Yeah. And then was this? Nah. So there. I mean, we'll get into it as we get into the top movies here. But there is a uh, collection of great, great, great uh, directors that have done these Stephen King adaptations, but this one's maybe not ne- not necessarily one of them. Daniel Atias? He's done some episodes of Alias. Some episodes of The Wire, which is impressive. He was second assistant on E.T. Alright, that's enough about him. Alright, so it's on to me again. Number six. You right? got another one. Number number five. Number five. Uh oh. Oh shit. And then Pete for four. And then me for three and two. Should be able to make this work. There's gonna be a lot of movies that I like that are gonna get left off this list. Yeah, I don't like it. Uh, Pete, now we're just talking about this. With the number five pick, Finney goes with 1982's Creep Show. Uh, crickets. Oh, uh, it's fine. I mean, it's good. It's, good. it's a good. It's a good movie, but it's not just Stephen King. Well, yeah, but you have Stephen King teaming up with George Romero. Like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Goddamn, Pete, you're a tough critic. What the hell's on your list? Uh, Stand by me ten times. I guess we'll find out. Goddamn. Yeah, I All like right, this well, movie. Did, did, did you have issues picking Creep Show over Creep Show Two? Me? Yeah. Yeah. I. I. Well. All right. Let me get into it. So, I love an anthology, and it's been talked about before on this show. Big fan of anthology. This one is a a ton of fun. This, the original gets major marks against it for the Stephen King starring segment with the uh, the asteroid green plant monster thing going on. It's a really bad segment. Creepshow 2, I really like, and I would say the, the raft segment 
with like the tar monster in the lake is better than any segment of both films. But the original creep show overall is better because of the the massive segments minus that Stephen King starring one. Uh, I didn't hate the see. I don't hate the Stephen King one. I thought that. Oh, yeah, it's I like bad. That. I mean, they're, they're they're trying to do the whole like nineteen fifties, um, you know, horror comic schlop thing, but it's rough. And that's Stephen King at his highest cocaine drinking phase. Which normally I wouldn't poo-poo, but it's not a good segment. I think the one I liked the least was the Father's Day at the beginning. Uh, I mean, I, I like the Father's Day because it's, it's also very on-the-nose and very, like, schlock, like, it's ridiculous, yeah. but I, I like that one. I love the uh, Leslie Nielsen one. The Leslie Gang, Nielsen one's great, and I, I like the, the Bugs one too. And the crate, so like that's what gives it the edge. The crate episode, I mean the crate uh, segment with the Arctic monster thing, like that's that that's good stuff. I love that segment, and I love. Um, Ah, shit. God damn it, my name's... What's her name? Well, I don't know if I know their names in Creepshow. Oh, my God. Not Balboa. <laughs> Pete? Adrian? Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh... <laughs> Is it Adrian Barbeau? Adrian Barbeau, thank you. Like, the horror goddess herself, she is great in this, being just, like, the most annoying wife ever. And it was so different for her to not play, like, the heroine and being the awful, the awful character in this. It's, it's good stuff. Pete, you got nothing? Young Ted. Huh? Young Ted Danson? Yeah, Young Ted. This? Yeah, going against and, and, and young Ed, Leslie Nielsen? Young Ed Harris. Young Ed Harris, yeah. And the stepfather being confused as all hell. I love seeing some actors and actresses get their get their names out there and get their get their first in the Stephen King George A. Romero feature is the TV is the TV show still happening Mm -hmm. which I've really I mean it's super it's super cheesy and I haven't watched any of them yeah they're they're good I mean they're 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 super camp but it's fun is each one is each one a single story? Each episode? No, it's a, it's a mix of uh, two or three short stories in an episode. I think two, two stories in an episode. Okay. But uh, yeah, I mean they're super hokey and and campy, but uh, 
Yeah, in the in the creep show fashion, it's it's fun. All right, where does that leave us, Sean? Pete's pick is in for number four. All right, number four. Number four, Pete's going with the Green Mile from 1999. Okay. Okay. This was the only non-horror that I was going to be accepting of. Not that I have much to say. So, this is the first time I've ever had a chance to gush about Tom Hanks since I've been on this podcast. Tom Hanks is, I think, the greatest living actor. Like, uh, everything he does when you watch him has a reason behind it. Like, watching this movie, having seen it a bunch of times, I was just, like, watching, just, like, watching his face acting, watching his eyes, watching um, everything he does. I mean, this movie is not nearly as successful if you put anyone else in the role as far as I'm concerned. Um, I agree. Um, the, like the, the scene when he, when he finally is, is relieved um, of the, of his urinary tract infection and he goes and he takes his first pain free. Like, I don't know. I, I wonder if like he actually just like held it for like an hour and like really <laughs> took a pit. Like it just looks like that that phase you make when you when you pee after having to hold it for way too long. Um, 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 Michael Clark Duncan, rest in peace. Um, he's great in this movie. I mean, he he has, really has very few lines when you think about it, but uh, his presence in this movie really makes it. Um, I mean, I mean, it is the whole story basically is him, but, um, um, the other, it's got, uh, we got Barry Pepper, big fan of Barry Pepper. Uh, doesn't, you know, he's not, um, he's probably got the least speaking lines of some of the other, uh, security guards, but, um, I'm gonna have to look up this guy's name. David Morse, uh, who's also in The Rock, um, always plays like a soldier or a cop or something. He's great in this movie as as kind of like the second, the right hand to Tom Hanks. Um, and Sam Rockwell, who I'm like a massive fan of, but he's just like wild and insane in this movie. Yep. And, the, and then... Um, Oh, what's his name? It doesn't really matter. The guy who's like the the puny uh, Percy. He plays Percy. He's the he's like the evil security guard. That's like the the son of like the mayor's sister or something in town. Yeah, and he's just like the like he's one of those like characters so i haven't read i haven't read this book i know it's it's a really long book um just as it is a really long movie it's like three hours plus but um it's like a 
it's a character that you wonder if like the author he's so hateful like you you hate him so much that you wonder if the author's like basing this off somebody that they know or like because there's just so much like specific shit that like about this character that makes you really hate him and how he's just like a vicious little shit Doug um, Hutchinson is his name yeah he was also in um, he's been in a few other things I he's he was in one of the first episodes of X of the X Files. He plays, um, he plays. Uh, I think it's like the monster, the, the the guy who can turn into like a lizard monster or something. He was um, a he was a really like uh, villainous role in that Martin Sheen or not Martin Sheen, uh, Martin Lawrence movie, where he's like a diamond thief. Blue streak. Is it Blue Streak where he's like the villain? No. Is it that? Where he's the villain? He's in Con Air, apparently. I don't remember him in Con Air. He's in Con Air. He must be. He must have been a cop or something. As Donald. Donald. Yeah, I don't remember him in that. Anyway, he finally gets his. And uh, that's really satisfying. Um... Uh, I mean, I, I I don't know anyone who hasn't seen this movie, but um, if you haven't seen it, it's a fifties, it's a it's a death row uh, inmates and guards during the depression, and uh, this guy comes in who they learn can perform miracles, and uh, it's not horror, but it's definitely dark in some parts and uh, uh, the execution scene when they don't wet the sponge is really intense. Um, all in all, I just feel like it's a really well acted. Well, for something that's like three plus hours, there's never a point where you're like bored. So I think that speaks a lot to this movie. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, Completely standout, standout performances. Yep. Um, not horror or horrific, but just also thrilling and has some really downer scenes that are heavy. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. very good movie. I'm not mad at it at all. Alright, so where does that leave me? So you picked that at four? Yeah. Yeah, you you got two in a row here, number three, number two. Number three and number two. Pete, I also had Green Mile at number four. I'm worried about pushing you into a corner for the number one. I don't want to make you do something silly, Pete. Tell the audience, what are you thinking for number one? Pete? Same by me? No. (laughs) Yes. Corey Feldman at his finest. 
It's not on your list. Yeah, that worries me. Wait, it's not on my list. For, for number one? Yeah. It's not on my list? All right, hold on. Backspace, backspace, backspace. Oh, man, you got them all freaked out. Well, I guess I'm going to play defensive here. Silver bullet. So good. <laughs> so good. I didn't include silver, silver bullet on my list. I really love that movie. All right. I don't think this should be here. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, number three. Vinny's got 1989's Pet Cemetery. Eh? Not on my list. I hear, Not on I your list? Connect. No. Not on your list? I don't think it's a great adaptation. <clears throat> well... Well, you can't base it on that. Like, so many of these are not good adaptations. We're talking about the movie. Yeah. You didn't enjoy the movie? I thought the book was better. The book is better. But there's too many... Like, Salem's Lot is one of the scariest, best books I've read. But the miniseries isn't good. Pete, you're killing me. We're not talking the remake, the OG. Yeah, it's good. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Oh, I don't know what to say now. I I love this. I I think it's haunting. Um, I you fall in love with the the family like. Or at least I did. Like, I, I really enjoyed the time spent with the family before all the shit happened to them. Uh, before, e even before the stuff happened with Church the Cat. Um, the caretaker across the street, I thought, was really endearing and helping the family out and, like, showing around, like, and then showing the father the pet cemetery. And how you can bring church back. And how you can bring your son back. Uh, and then just. The grief. The grief that this, this movie deals with. With losing a loved one. And and doing whatever it takes to bring them back. And to get them back. Uh, at all costs. And you know. the Kind of like the price you pay. It, it it's all very heavy, fucked up shit and creepy stuff, and real life stuff that you can relate to. I I think this movie was great. I think the remake, you know, was fine. Kind of turned the tables, had it be the daughter instead of the son, whatever. Um, but the the OG original is just far more effective to me. And why the fuck were those trucks speeding by that house like that? Like, what the hell was going on over there? Did you guys rewatch this recently? No. Oh my god. I've seen the. I saw the remake more recently than the original. 
I forget what the remake did with it, but in the in the OG, it was a, it was a track too. Yeah, but you had these tr- like they make a point in the original that these semis are flying by this house. A, like it was like a one lane road that these trucks were going like 65, 70 zipping by this house with not like two fucks in the world. And then eventually one of them clips the kid and that's where you get your haunting tale from. But yeah, wild stuff. They're just the, uh, uh, I forget the character's name, the old man across the way. Ripping beers. Fred Gwynn? Huh? Dude from, dude from the Monsters? Yes. Uh, ripping Fred beers. Gwynn? Ripping beers with the dad. Doing his thing. Has a pretty brutal ending. Um, the... Let me see. Man. I have IMDb up. The... The little son that dies is... A pretty famous child. Yeah, Gage. Mike Hughes, pretty famous child actor, Pet Cemetery, kindergarten, kindergarten cop. He was the kid. Uh, boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, he was the kid in Mercury Rising. Uh, he was the kid in um, New Nightmare with Freddy. Yeah. He had a pretty pretty big uh, child acting role. I don't know where. It went since then, but, um, I mean, good on him. Like, he was a toddler in this, and his acting skills were pretty strong. But, yeah, I love this movie. And where did I put it? Number three? Number three. Yeah, I'm not really happy about that, but now I'm scared what Pete's going to do at one. So, I feel like my hand's being forced. I feel like I'm being... Slightly uh, list raped. You had hey, you, you had you got all the picks. Yeah, but you have number one, and now I feel like my hands being forced, and I don't like it. You have six picks, and you put Silver Bullet in the middle of this list. Well, Silver Bullet has all rights to be middle of this list, if not higher. Over Carrie, it misery. Which it. Just as three examples. Which it? I don't know. You got three choices. Well, definitely not it part two. Uh, if that's the only one I haven't seen. Misery is overrated. Ooh, hold on, sir. <laughs> oh, no. uh, you might be you might be putting an overrated movie in this spot. What, number two? Yeah, depending on what you put Dude, here. if you say this movie's overrated, I don't know what to even do with myself. I already spoke about what movie I feel is overrated that would be on this list. You said it tonight? In, in previous, in pre, no, in previous episodes. It's overrated. No. <laughs> well, I don't know. What movie, oh, what movie are you putting on here? I could tell you. With I can tell the number you. two pick, Vinny's got 1980s The Shining. Yeah, it it One is the not... most o- probably the most overrated horror movie of all time. That's fault, dude. Do you not like Jack Nicholson? I love Jack Nicholson. 
Have you seen him in he's this the role? Only re- he's the only redeeming thing about this movie. Well, it's the only thing you need in this movie. He he carries the whole movie, rightfully so. Uh, Danny as the little kid does fine. I mean, you know, he's a little kid. He's not like breaking barriers as a child actor. The the uh, the wife not knowing or remembering her name is, I think, pleasantly annoying. Shelly. Shelly Duvall. Yeah, like pleasant. I think she needed to be as annoying as she was to drive the point home that Jack was losing his fucking mind. I mean, this movie, there's so many iconic scenes. I mean, when he, when he's sitting at that bar, imagining talking to the bartender, I can watch that scene a hundred times. Like, it's brilliant. It is brilliant. The one-on-one dialogue those two have. I do when, like the Simpsons version. Uh, I don't know what that is. Castle Horror. Is it the bar scene? No. Uh, the, um, the, 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 in one of their Halloween episodes that have in this movie. Well, I don't know anything about that, but... The bar scene with Jack Nicholson is unbelievable. Pete, I am very shocked. You don't like the bar scene? It's good. I like I like a bar. Yeah, but that that dialogue <laughs> that dialogue is unbelievable. I've only seen this movie once. Only okay. You need to give it a rewatch. And, and I saw it for the first time three years ago. You need so, to give it a rewatch because I feel like the I gotta, bar I gotta, scene. I got I to gotta give you all the all the. I got to put all my cards on the table. I think it needs. I a... probably. I think I even if I had seen this early in life, I'd probably feel a lot different about it. I'm not even but sure I, how I, early. I think maybe the earliest I've seen it was middle school, and I probably didn't even appreciate it because I didn't know what was happening at the bar scene, like when he's having that that dialogue with the. The fake bartender. Like, it's unbelievable acting by Jack Nicholson when he's he's like laughing and he's doing one liners like crazy. And, you know, and Jack Nicholson is really at his best when he's when he's got Helen Hunt at his side. No. In, in, analyze in, analyze in, that. I don't want to no. I mean not analyze that. Uh, That's a fucking as good, as, crystal. As, good as, it gets. as good as it gets, yeah. Uh no. Because I hate that I hate that he loved her. Because no one loves her. Her own parents don't love her. Dude, you got. I'm glad he's paralyzed. Sean, you have nothing of redeeming quality for this movie. Or I mean, uh, redeeming whatever comments for this movie. This movie is this movie is beautifully shot. It's beautifully shot, and the Jack Nicholson scenes. Like, what about when she comes running up and she's talking about uh, Danny having to go to the hospital? As soon as possible! And he just mocks the shit out of her. Like, there's so many good scenes. Jack Nicholson's the best part of this movie. The kid's, I mean, the kid's annoying. He, yeah, the, kid, the kid's annoying. Him. She's annoying. And it's just driving the point home 
on how insane he would go being locked in there with these two into this huge hotel for months and months while he has writer's block, while he's overcoming uh, addiction and alcoholism. Like, two very stressful things and being stuck with these two annoying-ass people. No wonder he loses his fucking mind. Um, it, it's a really good performance out of... I mean, I think all three of them doing what they were supposed to do. Kubrick, I mean, like Pete said, with the beautiful shots, like, it's colorful, it's amazing. I, I don't know. I feel uncomfortable with it being at number two. It should be number one. And now I have no idea what you're going to do, and it's freaking me out. I think I know what Pete's going to put at number one. Uh, I think this. I think it's deserving to be where it is. It's a great movie. Oh boy! And Pete's number one pick is in, and Pete goes with the Shawshank Redemption. Okay. I mean, I I can't really argue with that. What do you got, Pete? Uh, I mean, I think it's one of the best movies ever made. Like, I. I I, it, it, it. The only reason that this movie didn't uh, win Best Picture, I think, is because Forrest Gump won Best Picture that yeah. same year. Yeah. Uh, I also went up against Pulp Fiction. That was the same year too. Um. This is a movie that you can't, at any point in the movie, you, if you if you're flipping through channels, uh, if you see that it's on, you turn it on. Yeah, you uh, definitely stay on it. It doesn't matter what part. It's uh, it's really intense at times with the whole rape rape stuff, you know, and uh, and then there's the whole uh, redemption, you know, that happens. I, I I think it has it's it's just like a really beautiful mo- movie. It's a story of struggle and friendship and. Um, I mean that. Uh, you got Tim Robbins' performance of a lifetime. Morgan Freeman. I mean, Morgan Freeman's had multiple performances of his lifetime, but you know this is is really his movie, in my opinion. Um, as much as it's really about Tim Robbins, but it's about the friendship too. Um. You know what's sad? But, I don't want to put a downer on this. This this role from Tim Robbins and this movie, all they got him was that role in the Martin Lawrence movie where his wife, he thinks, cheats on him and then he runs amok with Martin Lawrence. Do you know what I'm talking about? What the hell is that movie called? Uh, I know what you're talking about. I don't remember what it's called. It came out directly after this. And that is the movie that Tim Robbins got out of this great performance. Uh, he, was also in, he was also in Tenacious Day, The Pink of Destiny. Well, yeah, which is <laughs> great. But No, you're right. I'm how did he not get more out of his career? I don't know. It's very He was strange. in Austin Powers. Yeah. Right. He's had, he was, he's had uh, all these random comedic roles. He's in High Fidelity as Ray. Yeah. Um, I mean, did he have a problem off 
off uh, Cameron that we didn't know about? No, that's a good question. Let me let me bring up his page here. Oh, he was in Mystic Mystic River. Oh yeah. All right, well, he that's... was in Mystic River, but that he wasn't a he wasn't the main character in that film. Um, Vinny could confirm this one. He was in War of the Worlds. Yeah, he's been in shit over the years. Who was he in War of the Worlds? He was like a dad oh, he was like the the underground weirdo. Yeah, I forgot that was him. Yeah. Yeah, he was like he was an anchor man as one of the other uh, news teams. Yeah, it's it's just strange that he didn't. I think he actually had a pretty big. No, not really. What was the uh, uh, what was the Martin Lawrence movie called? Nothing to lose. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Like, I mean, I'm looking at it. It's like Shawshank Redemption, some movie called Ready to Wear, which looks like, like a rom-com. A movie called IQ, Nothing to Lose, Arlington Road, which he doesn't look doesn't look like he's like the main. He's in Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me, Mission to Mars, High Fidelity, Antitrust, Mystic River. Maybe he was maybe he was like a big stage actor. I don't know. Or he was just fine making that money doing what he did. I don't know. I mean, he, there's a lot of things here on his thing. It's just not. It's more like, like cameos and small roles. Yeah, but that for sure is. Uh, I mean, his beyond his peak. Hmm. Um. Now. I don't really. I feel like everyone who's listening to this has seen Shawshank Redemption. I don't need to talk about it much. Well, yeah. I mean, it's a classic. I don't agree with it being number one, but I think The Shining but, should have been. I mean, so can we talk about it for a sec? Which one? So, I was rewatching the original TV miniseries. Which I thought would be the one that I wanted on my list. But the one that I actually wanted on my list was part one. Yeah, I think the remake's actually better. Part and one it, of the remake. And I, and I think it I, I think it solely came down to yeah, part one of the remake. Um first of all, it felt as violent as it was, it felt like a kid's movie. Like like a kid, like adventure movie, like it put you in that mindset, kind of like Summer of '84. Yes, it put you know it, it, that, and to do that, it was like a dark, scary, really difficult. Of yeah, good. Yeah, good. Yeah. So, um, and I think that just like the the ability that they were able to get the quality um, kid actors for it were just better than the the miniseries. Because those were just like kids, 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 you know? Then this, they had people who were like established working actors who I think were just a little bit better in the roles. Um, 
Now, I mean, as the clown, I mean, Tim Curry frightened me. I mean, it's the re- I feel like that's the reason why people hate clowns, right? Yeah, I mean, that um, was... is the original. That was part of our childhood to, like, scare the shit out of us. But yeah. the, the new Pennywise uh, is one of the Scarzars, right? Yeah. I mean, that's pretty fucking terrifying, too. Especially yeah. seeing him do that fucked up smile without the makeup. Yeah. He's supposed to be... He's supposedly going to be Eric Draven in the Crow remake, which I hate. I don't think I like, like that. Like, stop trying to remake that fucking movie. It's a perfect movie. Yeah, um, I don't think I like that. And, uh, and I don't like, like, I think he's great as Pennywise, but I hate him. I hate his face for that reason. Like, I don't want him to be any, like, represent something else that I love because yeah, he's that's, representing. That's all you see. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then, but I think the second half of the miniseries is better than the. I don't. I mean, I don't think that the. I don't think that the. Um. I don't think part two is bad. They got the. I think they got the casting right. Uh, pretty down. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The casting of the adult kids. Yeah. But they both don't execute well. I feel like as much as I said, like, I like the kid actors in the first one, in the first part, I feel like they went too big. Like, they got, like, Jessica Chastain is, like, a top-tier actress. Um, They had, uh, what's his name, from SNL as as the one kid. Um, Fuck. I forget the names, but yeah. I know uh, he plays. Yeah, he plays Barry in the show Barry. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like they went too big with the adult actors. And I don't no, know you're, if that's... you're talking about Bill Hader. Bill Hader. Bill Hader. Yeah. Like it. I don't, I do like Bill Hader. Did you know that he's dating in? Uh, no. What's her name? The, the girl from Pitch Perfect. Anna Kendrick. Anna Kendrick. Oh, really? No. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, it's a nice mm-hmm. little pairing. Anyway. <laughs> so that so that's it. We covered that. Um, um, I want to address, I mean, I guess based on your guys' uh, lack of enthusiasm for The Shining, I, was, I had uh, Dr. Sleep very high up on this list. Have you guys seen this? It, no. No, so, I haven't either. I didn't... Now, I mean, I love The Shining, so maybe you guys will feel, diff- feel differently. Uh, for some reason, Dr. Sleep came out. I bought the Blu-ray, like, pretty much right away when it hit when it hit uh, physical media. And then just never watched it for for some reason. And then I watched it for this list, and I was blown away. I loved it. Loved it. It's, uh, it, it obviously has connections to The Shining, and they, and they make connections, and there's, there's some flashbacks and stuff um, to the original, but 
it creates a whole different story with uh, the shine that Danny has, and the villain is great, and it's just a, it's a really good story, like really good. And even if you guys don't necessarily like The Shining or think that it's overrated, you should check this one out. Like, I had a blast watching it. And it's three hours. I, or I watched the director's cut. It's Mike Flanagan. And I know I'm a huge fanboy from Mike Flanagan. But he did a great job of this. And I watched the director's cut, which I think was three hours and 20 minutes or something. Like, ridiculous. It was like an epic... And I wasn't bored the entire 320. It was awesome. Like, I highly recommend it. I love me some Ewan McGregor. Yeah, like, he, he was great. He wasn't even... I mean, he was the, the main character. It was, like, obviously he's Danny, but he wasn't even that central role. There was, like, more focus on some other characters. Like, the villain and the kids. Uh... The villain is this, like, leader of gypsies that feed on people and kids that shine. And when I say feed on them, like, actually feed on them. Uh, so it's pretty horrific and scary. It was very, very well done. Like, I was blown away. I really recommend it. Have you ever seen the other version of The Shining? The TV series? Was it the TV series? I think it, I think it was like another like Stephen King miniseries kind of deal, like four episodes on cable or whatever. But no, I haven't seen it. Me neither. But Stephen King stands by that version more than the Kubrick. Right. Whatever that's worth. Well, Kubrick kind of made the story his own a little bit, right? Yeah. But he's still left in the elements, like, so apparently when King wrote that, there was a lot of self-reflection about his own alcoholism and substance abuse and abuse towards his son, who would grow up to be Joe Hill. And obviously Kubrick left a lot of that in, so maybe that's what rubbed Stephen King the wrong way, like it was too real. I'm not sure, but like King said that a lot in that story was about like, like a self-reflection on his own behavior and the way he was acting and treating his son with his his issues with uh, substance abuse and and I don't know weird. What, are hey, what else you have in... Yeah, what do you got in discards? Carrie? Rampage, the sequel? No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Or the remake. The remake was not good. But do you guys like the OG? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, I, I have a lot of love for it. Like, Sissy Spacek kills it in this. She's always been oh, kind of weird looking, hasn't she? Yes. I remember that movie is very unsettling. Just it's very unsettling. The relationship, the the whole relationship she has with her mom. 
I was, and anytime like, uh, you know, like high school bullies makes me feel kind of like shitty. I wasn't the best person in high school. I wasn't a, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't a bully, but I, you know. I don't remember you pouring pig's blood on anybody. Yeah, I definitely made fun of some people. Were you pretending to date any nice girls who actually weren't even that weird or that weird looking? I mean, like, yeah, she was super religious because of her mother, but she wasn't like a freak by it. I mean, like, there was more freak girls in my high school that I could see pulling that prank on the sissy space act in this movie. No, we probably yeah. would have been friends with her. Yeah, like she was like yeah. she was fine. And if if anything, we like... would have, as a collective group, rebelled against her mother, and would have went after the mom. You're like, yeah, fuck your god, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. She plays the mother in Carrie Rampage, though, right? Yeah. And is she Carrie? Huh? Like, is she supposed to be in the sequel? Is she supposed to be? Who she is? No, I think she plays. No, I don't think so. Just like a new story. Yeah. I've never seen it. I just remember when it came out. It probably has a really good soundtrack. Oh, I just remembered the name to the Firestarter sequel. I think it's Kindle Starter, which is terrible. <laughs> no, really? I, th- I it's something like that. Like yeah, Kindle. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it's Kindle Starter. Oh, Jesus. Or something like that. That was the new one. I still didn't watch it. Oh, I thought you did. No, I uh, I got cold feet based on the horrendous reviews. Sean, did you watch it yet? No, I, I watched the original, and it was fine. It, I thought yeah. Drew Barrymore was great. Yeah, the original is fine, but this new one is getting... I mean, no, it's getting trashed. It, it's been a like I love letterboxed uh, reviews and I love letterboxed bad reviews because they're usually really humorous and clever, and it's getting like torn apart. And the consistent, the only consistent good review I keep seeing is the score by John Carpenter's son is apparently awesome, but that's it. <laughs> I like uh, I do like Zac Efron too, which I was a little interested in seeing him in the role, but yeah. No, I haven't watched it yet, and I honestly I don't know if I will. Um, as far as discards go, what do you guys think of uh, other than the mentioned like cable series mini series? Like, what about the Stephen King TV series? So you have the straight. I think the stranger is maybe one of his best adaptations of yeah. anything. Stranger was awesome. That movie or that show was so awesome. Did you guys get into Under the Dome? I was really into it and then fizzled out. Like it went no, I never watched it. Uh, I, I didn't watch that or Castle Rock. Isn't that the other big one? Uh, people apparently Castle... love Castle Rock, but I haven't watched so, it. Ca- what Castle Rock is is it's like. It's like all of his stories melded into like one universe. Yeah, it's like a whole big Stephen King Easter egg story, right? So like so like I watched um the first season, I think, 
Um, and it's like references to it takes place in a town called Castle Rock. Castle Rock also was this production company. Castle Rock Entertainment. Uh, that comes up in all of his stories. Yeah. Um, a lot of in fact, uh, Castle Rock is the name of the town in Stand By Me, even though Stand By Me doesn't take place in Maine. It takes place in like somewhere out like Colorado or something. Um, almost all of his stories take place in Maine, obviously, but so it centers around this prison. Um, but like there's reference, I think the second season is like the misery season. Um, it has the, uh, what's her name? Um, she's the love interest in Party Down. Uh, oh, not, not Kathy Bates? No. <laughs> uh, uh, shit, the one from Masters of Sex and... Yeah, yeah, her. Uh, fuck, what the hell's her name? Anyway, she plays the Kathy Bates character. I think Tim Robbins actually might play the um, James Conn character. Lizzie Kaplan. Yeah, Lizzie Kaplan. Um, anyway, it's an interesting show. I think, I, I don't know that I ever finished it the first season, but not for any particular reason. I think I was just juggling a bunch of different shows and... But also, uh, same Peter Scar, uh, not Peter Skarsgård. Uh, whoever the guy that plays Pennywise is in it too. Um, but yeah. Um, other TV shows. I'm trying to think. Um, I love. The Stand as a book, like I, I love that book. The original, I heard. The original TV series didn't do justice at all. I heard the new one was good. Yeah, I gotta watch it. It's on my list. I think when I finish this uh, From show, I'm gonna watch that. But God, I love that book, and it sucks because I'll probably never read it again because it's, it's like 1,200 pages. So there's no way I'm going to have time to read that again. Uh, um, so the Mist TV series, anybody watch it? No. Mm -mm. I've heard good things about Mr. Mercedes. My boss watches it. And that's, um, that's Stephen King. Um, Scott Hay Hamish from Braveheart is the main character. I'm trying um, to think of what else from TV. I think that's it for TV series. There's a Dead Zone TV show. Oh, yeah. That was... I mean, it was season. fine. I watched it when it was out, and it was alright. Um, Vinny, what do you think about... Um... Shit. What's the, what's the movie... The guys are out in the woods, uh, hunting in like in the winter, and they and there's like a skin infection, like a red shit. Hunting in the winter, you know what I'm talking about? Infection. Like, 
Like what? Hunting and there's a skin infection. I don't know what you're talking about. Pete? Oh, did Pete? Did we lose Pete? Pete? I think we lost. He just texted me. I think we lost him. Oh, jeez. How? I don't oh, know. Yeah, we he do just asked him. if somebody's. We oh, just. Oh, jeez. Pete? Pete? Oh, boy. This episode's going to end in a weird way. Uh. Nope, just lost I, it, I'll, I'll, Let me uh, try to add him back, but uh, I want to talk about <laughs> And it's ringing on the episode. This is going great. Call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. Two, one, five, three, one, seven. All right, we had a little technical difficulties there. Don't know what the last thing you heard was, <laughs> but I was asking Vinny about a movie I couldn't think of the title of, and I now remember uh, it's called Dreamcatcher. Ah, oh, no good. Yeah, I feel the same way. What do you think about Rear Window? Secret window. The... Secret huh? window. I mean, uh, secret window. Uh, Rear Window um, is a great movie. Alfred Hitchcock. I thought it was uh, pretty good. I haven't I'm pretty sure. Time. I'm pretty sure I saw that in theaters. I haven't rewatched that since it. I don't know since Blockbuster. But now, with the Johnny Depp being a gentleman resurgence, I kind of want to rewatch it. I remember liking it at the time, but remember almost nothing about the film. Yeah. It's like... Um, I guess it had a shock ending, right? It's one of those, like, um, like he's writing his own story. Like, as he writes it, it happens. Yeah. I think, if I remember. And But then someone accuses him of stealing the story. I have uh, no idea. But I think it's like, it's kind of like he's losing his mind. Like he doesn't know if he's writing about someone after him that he sold their story or if someone really is. It's kind of what I'm remembering. Hmm. So, yeah. So I am pretty bummed that Christine didn't make your list. I know. Yeah, it was on my list around like uh, eight, eight, seven or eight. Uh, that's that's got to be my favorite, or one of my favorite Stephen King adaptations. Yeah, good movie. I feel like we fucked up not having that list. Carpenter with a killer score. I still don't regret Silver Bullet though. <laughs> I think we like... do. We just have a uh, an episode where we where we read Jeff this list. And see how he reacts. <laughs> I don't think, I think he Jeff would. Lives. I don't think he would care other than Silver Bullet, to be honest. Gerald's game, he would have 
there's no way he's seen that movie. No, there's definitely. And he probably hasn't seen The Mist. And he probably hasn't seen 2017 It. Well, what else are we missing? Anything? Cujo? Cujo didn't, wasn't anywhere near my list, but... Um, we didn't talk about Misery. And then he said he thinks it's overrated. I mean, other than... Uh, nah, it's a great movie. Overrated. Jeez. Pick The Shining. I think Kathy Bates is fine. I... James Caan? I mean, James Caan is better than Kathy Bates in that movie. I like that. Uh, I like that film a lot. Fucked up. You got the a female villain for uh, when did that movie came out in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Might have been early nineties. And she's just awful. And the there's, whole... there's not like I don't even know if there's any kills in that movie. I, it's been a while since I watched that, but yeah, the whole, like, somebody, somebody comes looking for him, and she kills them. Oh, when she hits, she, she takes the sledgehammer to his legs. Yeah. Yeah, that's fucked up. He survives though, right? Yeah. I don't know. It's been a while since I watched it. And the whole like author having a super fan thing was was good, especially coming from Stephen King. Yeah, I hope that wasn't autobiographical. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Oh. Huh? Yeah, anything else, Pete? No, I was just going to ask how long we're running. Oh, pretty uh, long. We're at 2.17. I think it's about ready to wrap this thing up. Take it home. All right. Should we, uh, in unison, do a, a Jeff sign-off since he's not here? Sure. All right. And... Uh, you know, one, two, three, love, peace, and chicken grease. Chicken grease. We're out. out. Yeah. All right, everybody. Adios. See you next week. Adios. We're out. Thanks, guys.